Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Okay, part two. And we're back. So let's, I guess, start all over again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Missa. Hey, Katie. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, In case you missed last week's episode, I'd go back and listen to that because this is going to be part two of our Candle Magic um, episodes. Yeah, I'm probably going to call the last episode Candle Basics. So I would go back and listen to Candle Basics and then come on over to Candle Magic um, and we'll pick up where we left off um, from the last episode. And literally yeah. picking up, we just like stopped the recording and started all over again because we were talking for too long. <laughs> yes, we were talking for too long and we realized we still have so much to say. And rather than give you a two or three hour long episode, we are going to give you, you know, two episodes, two weeks apart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so la- in the last episode, we talked a lot about basics of candles, the history of candles, how do you like what kind of candles you can use. Um, we didn't really get into a lot of the magical part of it, the witchcraft part of it. So that's what we're going to be focusing on on this episode. Yeah. Um, so, so we wanted to start out with just like basic candle magic, like the basic, most basic way to use candle magic. Yeah. So this is like the most basic way to do a candle magic spell per like the modern Wiccan, witchy, pagan tradition. Um, and this is mainly based on the method recommended by Madame Pamita in her book, The Book of Candle Magic. Um, so, yeah, this is based on that method. There could be little tweaks and stuff you hear, but based on my understanding from that book and also my experience, this is the um, most basic spell you can do without any add ons or anything. So, you want to start by writing a petition paper, which is a written statement of what you want the spell to do. Um, and then once the petition paper is written, you want to hold the candle and charge it with your intention. Then you want to place the petition paper under the candle holder. And you do want to use a little bit of common sense when you're doing this because you don't want the petition paper to make the candle unstable. So it may you know, wobble and fall over. So you either need to fold the paper less times if it's like so bulky that it's making the paper unstable, or you need to just place it next to the candle if, you know, even that's making it unsteady. Um, If you do place it next to the candle, though, make sure it will not catch fire. Um, And then the next step is to light the candle while speaking your intention. And then let the candle burn down. Depending on how big the candle is, this could take several days or if you know it's a birthday candle it could burn down in a matter of minutes um if you need to leave or go to sleep you need to snuff the candle out and relight it at a time when you can monitor the candle again and this aspect is actually a really core part of candle magic you never ever ever want to blow out a candle uh, if you're using it magically because blowing it out nullifies the intention or energy that you've put into the spell and it essentially undoes everything that you've worked so hard to do. So you always want to snuff it out. I've also heard that you can pinch it out or like blow it out with a fan. Um, but if you blow it out using your mouth, um, it will undo all the magic that you've done. And then once the candle burns down, you want to dispose of the leftover wax or herbs or whatever um, according to the intention of your spell. So if it's something that's personally affecting you and you want to have intimately... 
um, influence your life, dispose of it in your personal trash. If you are banishing something, you want to dispose of it far, 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 far away from you. If you want the magic to spread through your community or society, dispose of it at a popular crossroads. So this is something like, say you're looking for a job or say you do a spell to find the love of your life or your soulmate or something. You, you know, if you dispose of that in your personal trash, that energy might not spread through the community. But if you spread it, you know, at a trash can at the most popular intersection in your town, then that's going to go all over your community and maybe the spell will have a better chance of working. So yeah, again, just basic, basic candle magic, easy to do, piece of paper, candle, a way to, something to put the candle in. Um, you can do that for really anything. You could do it for prosperity. You can do it for health. You can do it for love. We don't necessarily recommend a lot of love spells. I think we're going to talk about that more on the next episode. Um, but that kind of candle magic can really be used for any type of magic. Exactly. And that being said, that is the most basic, 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 basic candle magic spell. The reason why I like candle magic is because you can add on so much stuff. And you can also incorporate a lot of other forms of magic into your can't into candle magic. So let's start with like the basic add-ons that aren't pertaining to specific other forms of magic. So a really common way to um, emphasize your intention for the spell is to inscribe something onto the candle. So this could be like carving the word, um, like say you want um, a new car. So you carve new car into the candle. Um, and the direction you inscribe it can also mean something. So if you describe it horizontal, that's something that you want to have maintained or be stable. Like say your, you know, the, your life is very peaceful right now and you want it to remain peaceful. You can inscribe peace horizontally across the candle. Um, alternatively, uh, you can inscribe it vertically if you want something to change. So if you inscribe vertically writing from the base to wick, that is manifesting. And if you inscribe it vertically going from the wick to base, that is banishing. Yeah, so just, again, simple things. We talked in the last episode as well. If you can't carve directly into the wax, say if it's a, a candle that comes in its own container, like a glass container, you can always write on it in Sharpie as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then dressing the candle in herbs and oil is also very common. Um, like if you hear of a dressed candle, that's what it is. It's probably the most for common form of candle magic. Um, but I think we're going to discuss that more a little bit later. So that's also a very common part of candle magic. And then um, also the number of candles you burn for one spell, because this is something that I learned in P Madame Pamita's book, but you can burn like as many candles as you want for a, for a certain spell. And that can mean both, um, you know, you could burn five candles at a time and when all five of those candles burn down, your intention for the spell is done. Um, or it can mean like, I am going to burn five candles one after the other. So when the first one burns down, I'm going to burn the second one and then the third and then the fourth and then the fifth. And, you know, it extends the period of time that you are burning candles. Um, and then how long you burn the candles a thing. Cause you can, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but there's all sorts of timing with burning the candle. Cause you could have it, 
burning with a set magical intention as far as timing, or you could just, you know, burn one candle after the other and just always have a candle burning for this intention until it comes through. And so, you know, if it's a really quickly done intention, it might be one candle, but, you know, say it's a big project that takes a lot of intention and energy, it could take, um, you know, several months or a year or years. And so you're just going to have a candle burning for this intention for that entire time period. Yeah. Um, again, lots of options. And in the last episode, we talked about different sizes of candles and that might be one of the reasons you choose different sizes. So if you want to, if it's something that you want to be able to just burn in one night, smaller candle if it's something that you want to be able to do over a course of a long period of time you're going to get those larger pillar candles or um the vigil candles things like that Mm -hmm. and then um also i don't know this is not something madam pamita discussed but i always thought that burning your petition paper at the end is a good thing to do because it kind of releases your intentions into the universe but that's that's an optional thing um and then if you do burn the petition paper, make sure again, fire safety, is something we talked about in the last episode as well. Um, I like to keep my little cauldron next to me. And so that way I can just drop it in the cauldron, let it burn in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has a lid in case something goes wild and I need to, you know, snuff it out real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but make sure you have like a, a cauldron or a, a bowl, something near you so that the candle burns safely or mm-hmm. that the petition paper burns safely. Yes. Yes. Drop it into something fireplace. Um, if you have a good sturdy pot, you could drop it into there. Um, a sink is usually also fireplace fire fireproof, so you can drop it into your sink. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, there is a method to reading a candle to predict whether a spell will work. But um, it's basically like reading the soot on the glass of a vigil candle or reading the way the wax is melting or reading the way that the flame is flickering to determine how effective your spell is going to be. And there is an art to it. And Madame Pamita actually has an entire chapter of it in her book. Um, But it's little stuff like, you know, if you have a lot of soot on the vigil candle, it's basically the universe saying this isn't going to fucking work. Or um, I remember I was doing a spell and a moth flew into the candle and put it out. And that was basically the universe going, this isn't going to fucking work. Um, So there is also a method to reading the candle to predict whether your spell is going to go through. Um, I didn't want to discuss it at length because that's something I could ramble on about for a long time and we (laughs) have to discuss. Um, But yeah, that is an option for you if you are curious about that um yeah yeah um so katie what are some so again those are some add-ons for some basic magic but what are some other ways to incorporate magic other forms of magic into your candle magic yeah so one of the things i like most about candle magic is that it is so easy to work in whatever you're passionate about so um something we have keep discussing is color magic so color magic um i think Sarah Potter is a very well-known color witch who does color magic if you're interested in that. But, you know, there is a lot of magic intention and association with colors. And so one of the most common ways of working with that in candle magic is, you know, you use different colored candles for different things. So you can, you know, if you are 
trying to incorporate, um, you know, healing, you can use a blue candle or say you're trying to banish something that's a black candle or say, you know, you have your own personal intention and, you know, the book says that you don't really, the book doesn't really associate this color with this feeling that you have, but you associate the color and the feelings. So for me, like I associate movement and change and dynamic energy with the color orange. And I don't think a lot of books make that same association, but for me, when I want to instigate change and, um, you know, creativity, that sort of thing, I use the color orange. Um, and so it doesn't always have to be colors based on what the book says. Like if you think purple is the color of a new car, you can use purple to try to get a new car. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I, um, so sometimes when I'm doing like politically motivated magic, um, which is a big part of my practice, I'll use green, um, because it is the color of the Statue of Liberty. And so that kind of green color, not like all green colors, but like that color green, kind of that bluish green, um, to me is very, like, brings political change and brings like liberty and justice and things like that to my mind. So that might be a color that I use frequently when I'm doing that kind of magic, which isn't that doesn't say anywhere in the books, like, hey, if you're doing a spell to, like, protect the dem- democracy, you should definitely be using green, but that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And you could find red, white, and blue candles. I mean, they make those. You can get um, candles of different colors based on, again, they're, they make multicolored candles that you can get as well, or you can make your own candles if you need to um, put those colors together. Yeah, exactly. And you know, those are just some examples, but there's a lot you can do with color magic. Um, and it's really up to you. Like we say, there are certain, you know, there is a color magic tradition and people who say, you know, this color means X, Y, Z, and that's a set dogma. But also with all magic, there is really no dogma. So you can do whatever you want to do. Exactly. Um, but again, if you if you want a place to start, a lot of which 101 books we'll have a section on color magic or candle magic to help you decide, you know, if you're like, Mm -hmm. I want to like, I need a spell for this, but I don't know what color to use. First of all, white, great color. White's going to cover everything, but um, look up color magic or candle magic in one of those, which one of ones and um, they'll, they'll have them listed out there for you for, Mm -hmm. especially because we know a lot of you are baby witches. That's what this whole podcast is for. So there's the information is out there. Um, We're not going to go into detail about, every single color. Yes, exactly. Um, and then another form of magic that I really heavily associate with is herbal magic. And I really like to use herbal magic with candle magic because you can, my herbal knowledge really brings a lot of nuance to a spell. So going into the busy season orc, I did a spell to try to manifest some form of peace and calm. So I use like a blue candle and I dressed it with, um, you know, lavender oil. But then one of the herbs I used to dress it with was rue, which is a herb for protection. So I was trying to manifest peace, but I was also trying to manifest protection for myself going into the super bonker busy time at work. Um, so yeah, you can just 
depending on your herbal knowledge and how extensive that is, you can really personalize and refine what you're trying to do with a spell. Yeah. Um, Katie, why don't you explain, we talked earlier about dressing candles, exactly what that entails. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. Um, basically you just, uh, Take oil, you want to rub it in. I've heard different things. I've heard some people say you should start all the way at the base and then rub the oil from the base all the way through the middle and then up to the wick. I've heard you should start from the middle and then rub up to the wick or down to the base. I've heard you should rub the oil, you know, from the base to the wick if you're trying to manifest and from the wick to the base if you're trying to banish. At this point, I've heard so many variations, I just kind of do whatever feels right at the time. Um, but you rub the oil on and then you roll it in herbs. I usually have a little plate set aside um, that is as big as the candle I'm working with. So, and I have the herbs just spread out there and really dressing the candle in oil. And then if you roll it in the herbs, the can the herbs will stick to the oil and stick to the candle. Um, this will work best with like lighter herbs um, as a, uh, the heavier ones like roots and stuff aren't going to really stick that easily with oil. Um, Madame Panita recommends that you actually just sprinkle heavier herbs and roots around the base of the candle. Um, but yeah, that's how you dress a candle. That's not a vigil candle. And then again, we spoke earlier, or I think the last episode about dressing vigil candles, what you do is you poke holes in the top of the candle and then you put a drop of oil in each hole and then you sprinkle the herbs around the top of the candle. Um, yeah. And then an idea that Madame Pamita actually gave me in her book um, is if you're using multiple candles in a spell, you can put them in a certain shape and then draw lines with the herbs to make a shape. So say you can like put the candles in a triangle and then connect the herbs by drawing like the can, the triangle with herbs. So, I actually really like it because it brings another layer of herbal knowledge and magic and nuance to the spell. And to me, like it just aesthetically and visually really worked with my magic and is very witchy and I really, really enjoy it. And I would definitely recommend it if you have the knowledge or even if you just like have enough knowledge to look up a table of correspondences and you're like, well, I know this herb works for the spell I'm doing. So I'm just going to draw, you know, lines in basil because I think it looks cool. So, yeah. Yeah. That's another way also to practice safe candle magic. Um, we talked in the last episode about how um, once you have herbs on the candle, they can catch fire. Um, so if you're just putting the, the herbs in between the candles to connect them, less likely for them to to catch fire we, mm -hmm. we really want you all especially when you're first starting out with the practices to practice safely um so you know if that's if you want to incorporate herbs you're a little nervous about actually putting them directly on the candle that's a great way to to do it as well mm -hmm. exactly and then um the next form of magic we're going to discuss is writing magic and this isn't this is something i think i would like to do because i do can there is a point in time where i considered myself to be a writer but Alas, I don't really, I need to work on my writing skills, but writing magic has become very trendy. I believe uh, Lisa Marie Basile um, made a book about writing magic and 
Um, I believe Gabriella Herstic and Paige from the Fat Feminist Witch both came out with writing witchy journals where you write your own spells as well. So writing magic is definitely having a moment. Yeah. Um, we talked earlier about petition paper. Um, so you can choose your wording on those petition papers very carefully. Um, we haven't really talked about it a lot on the podcast about like actually saying spells and the words that you choose in spells. It doesn't always have to be, you know, you don't have to have like a rhyme. It doesn't have to sound like a poem, but when you're doing things like this, it can be very pertinent to choose your words very carefully um, to be descriptive and specific about what you're wanting what you're trying to manifest or banish or whatever like that um, and, and writing it carefully on the petition paper. Yes. And yeah, the more specific you get, the better because, you know, say you are, I'm just going to keep using the new car metaphor because it's a physical thing, even though I don't really know if that many people try to get new cars through magic. Um, but say you want a new truck and you do a spell for a new truck you get super specific you say i want a new truck i want it to cost x amount of money i want it to have blah 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 towing capacity i don't know um and then you actually find a car that meets all the specifications but it's in a puke ugly color that you hate well the spell technically worked you just don't like the results so you want to get us specific because you don't want, you know, say you're looking for a new job and you forget to specify where the job is. You could get your dream job, but it requires you to move to the other side of the country. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely be specific. You know, it's like, I, I don't want to make this comparison too lately, but just as a moment of levity, uh, you know, anytime you have like a genie on a TV show, you have to use your words carefully or the genie's going to grant you peace on earth and it's just going to be quiet on earth. And um, that's actually from the X-Files. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so be, be careful, be specific. And again, just your words can have power. So um, if it's, but it, it's sometimes it's better for me to choose my words carefully just in a, the more spiritual sounding it comes off um the better it feels for me and the more mm -hmm. magical it feels for me yes and that is actually the most important thing it doesn't have to rhyme but if rhyming makes you feel more magical then that's the thing that needs to work so yeah and then katie you had a i think a quote from um madame pamita's book that you wanted to read as well yeah so there's the so the way that you write the words on the petition paper can add something to the spell as well so for example if you um there's this method that she puts it's on page 55 of her book but uh if you write you know say there's a situation that you are trying to get control or mastery over so you can write that thing that you want to get control or mastery over you know one way across the page as many times until it fills up the page and then rotate it 90 degrees so the things you just wrote are now vertical and then you write your name going the other way. So going 90 degrees or crossing what you want mastery over. And so that's one way, like say you have a difficult work situation or say there's a new skill you're trying to learn, like 
we're, we're going to get a little silly and we're going to say knitting. Say you are trying to manifest some badass knitting skills. So you write knitting one way on the page, rotate it 90 degrees, and then you write your name the other way. So you are writing across knitting and that is to help you master your knitting skills. So, yeah. Nice. And then, and then also writing the words in the shape that reflects your intention. Like say you want to raise at work. You can write your petition paper so the words like make a little dollar sign or, um, you know, if you work with uh, numerology, say, you know, the number seven holds a lot of significance to you, you can write the same statement seven times in a row and that might better fit your intention. So the way that you write the words is important. Yeah, I, I like the, uh, the writing them in a specific shape. I think I might have to try that one. Yeah. I mean, it's really great. And I mean, there's so many different shapes and there's so many different ways for you to incorporate that. And it's, yeah, there's a yeah. lot that you can do with that. Um, and you can also not just on the petition paper, but you can also um, choose your words carefully as to what you're writing specifically onto the candle. Yeah. And I recently, you know, Working up to do this episode, I kind of did a bunch of candle magic and I did a big spell with like seven candles and, you know, carving into seven candles your intention is it's very mindful. It makes you really think about what you want and concentrate your energy. It is tedious work, but it's it really makes you hone your intention and what you're trying to do over the course of the spell. So, um yeah, I mean, it really makes you think if you're doing this act of carving these words into the candle, um, it really helps you focus your intention and really think through what you're asking for. Yeah, and I mean, we talked before about magic being energetic work, and you have to put in the energy, you have to put in the effort, and that's one of the ways that you can be putting in the energy and the effort to manifest something um, mm -hmm. is, is by writing it over and over again and carving it into candles. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so I don't know, that's just my, that was an observation that I had from doing this like largest candle spell I've ever done before, but it's uh, yeah, it, I highly recommend it. I think it's a very magical thing to be doing that tedious, not fun work of carving this thing into these candles, especially like, she has some pictures of like gigantic pillar candles where there are words carved like in a coil all the way from the top to the bottom. And I was trying to do that. And I'm like, I just don't have enough words for this. Like, this is too many, like this is too much space and I don't have enough words. Like I got to the point where I had carved it like twice and like the, my statement twice and it had only filled up like half the candle. And I was like, that's enough. That's, that's, yeah. Enough. Um, that's, that's, I, I like to write uh, like, once or like three times on a candle and that's that's enough for me mm -hmm. exactly but yeah so it is like it is tedious but it's a good way to focus your intention and really put your energy into the materials of the spell yeah um but you don't always need to be using actual words um mm -hmm. sometimes words aren't enough um some you can also use sigils either on your petition paper or carve directly into the candle um, we haven't talked too much about sigils on the podcast. Yeah, basically sigils, there's a method to doing it where you like write a statement and then you cross out all the letters that repeat and then you use all the non-repeating letters 
to um, create a symbol, and that's supposed to be a symbol for your intention. Um, it can get a little bit more complex than that. There's actually a sigil book that I've been meaning to get and read because sigils are very fascinating to me because they're a very unique and personalized form of magic. Um, but yeah, if you work with sigil magic, uh, it's very easy for you to make a sigil for your intention. And then you can either put that on the petition paper instead of words, or you can carve the sigil into the candle. Yes, very useful if, you know, you have a large statement that you're trying to make. Um, that way you can just carve it, you know, once or twice or three times into your candle or just onto your petition paper rather than having to write the whole statement over and over again. Um, and you can always, you know, this is not candle magic. We also carry that sigil with you, you know, on a piece of paper wherever you go. Um, so that's also an option when working in candle magic. Um, and there's all kinds of other shapes and symbols that you can work with as well. Yeah. So like we were talking about with the petition paper, you can carve those symbols into the candle also. So, you know, if you're trying to manifest money, you can carve a dollar sign. If you're trying to manifest love, you can carve a heart. If you want tranquility, you can carve a peace sign. Um, and it can also be mystical symbols like runes. Um, when I was, you know, starting to learn runes, I used to carve them into candles. And that was kind of a little form of baby magic before I learned a lot more about runes and I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't be casually just carving these into things. Um, yeah. But a lot of um, deities and um, especially ones that are associated with planets, or if you're working with astrology, you can carve those symbols into candles as well. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you're working with Mercury, you can carve Mercury symbol into the candle as an offering for those deities um, versus just like, doing candle magic itself. So that's also an option as far as when you're carving a candle or again, using a petition paper, things like that. Um, those are options, the astrological symbols, symbols of deities. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, um, you know, if you're another way, and I talked about this briefly, but if you're using multiple candles, you can arrange them in a shape that reflects your intention as well. And then you can draw lines between them either. Like, you know, if you have a way to draw them, I don't know if string would work or, you know, if you can put them on top of something you can physically draw on. But um, the way that Madame Pamita recommends is using herbs to draw lines to connect them. Um, but yeah, you can use that to draw shapes that reflect your intentions. So, you know, if you're doing a spell for unity, you can connect all your candles by drawing a circle to connect them all. Um, a triangle represents movement. A square represents stability. So she has an entire chapter on, you know, candle arrangements and she has a big section on shape so if you want to learn more about that you can go there or probably google it or like you know if you you know if you heavily associate a rhombus with true love you can do that you know it's it's really up to you we know you have a phd in mathematics but you know it's fine that's that's okay for you yeah yeah <laughs> I'm just thinking of, we actually have a friend uh, who has a PhD in mathematics and um, we're friends with his true love as well. You know, yeah. they're our friends now, Katie, by the way, in case you didn't know, we've known them for like well over a decade. They're just our friends. They're just our friends. They used to be our RDs, but now they're our friends. Yeah. It's you were once a professor, but now, <laughs> yeah, they were once our professors and then we realized uh, that they well at least the the wife was younger 
then than we are now. And it's like, oh, you're just our friends now. <laughs> you're just our friends. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so another form of magic that you can incorporate into candle magic is uh, numerology. So we've talked about this a little bit, but yeah, if you associate numbers, there are a lot of ways you can work that into candle magic. Anything from the um, number of candles you use to the number of days you burn the candles to like, if you're dressing a vigil candle, you can, uh, the number of holes you poke in the top to dress the candle. So say seven, you know, you're trying to manifest luck. And so you poke seven holes into the top of the candle, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot you can do with numerology and I know that there are some like really heavy, heavy numerology people out there, but Yeah, so an example is like um, two is for duality and partnership, seven is for spirituality and good luck, 13 is for good luck and magic. So you could just work those numbers into your candle magic, um, either by the number of candles that you're burning or the number of days you burn them or however you want to do that. Or even the number of times you write something onto the candle, the number of times Mm -hmm. you like carve, you know, if you have a sigil, Mm -hmm. you might carve the sigil 13 times into the candle. Or especially if you're working with like a specific deity, like we've said before, if they have a number that's associated with them, you might use that number in your candle magic as well. Yeah. Or even like, yeah, or writing it on the petition paper. There are so many ways you can, or the number of herbs, like say, you know, you use seven different herbs in your spell, that sort of thing. Yeah. Lots of ways to incorporate numerology. I'm not a numbers girl. Um, mm-hmm. But if that is something that calls to you, we know that there are definitely numbers. Like, again, I'm a, I'm a color magic person. That's that's my jam. Color and moon magic are for me. Um, but there are totally a ton of numerology people out there. So um, if that's in your practice, this might be really helpful for you to incorporate that into your practice. Yes. And yeah, I know numerology, I've been getting into it a little bit. I'm not like heavy into it, but you know, it's just like, you know, if you see what, you know, 1111, that's a form of numerology and numbers magic. So, I mean, it's a very easy form of magic to get into. So if you're into it, go for it. Yeah, totally. Um, And then, like I just mentioned, I'm really into moon magic. So this is where we get into the biggest way that I practice candles, I'm a big uh, solar magic and lunar magic kind of girl. Um, so when I'm practicing magic, it's usually based on the lunar calendar or the solar cal- calendar. Um, mm-hmm. So there are different times. And I mean, it, it, it may be different for you personally, um, but traditionally there are different times when you're going to be practicing each type of magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in all honesty, I had only ever heard of candle magic being done in association with moon magic. Um, and really, I didn't realize that there were other forms of timing that were associated with candle magic until I read the book of candle magic by Madame Pamita, because I'm so heavily invested in moon magic. This is just how I associate doing that type of magic. But um, basically... The idea is that you're manifesting going from the new moon to the full moon. And then um, when you're manifesting, you're only mooning your, what am I trying to say? You're only burning your candle until the full moon. And that's the time constraint you're working with. So you have that two weeks from the new moon to the full moon. And that's when you're trying to manifest. And um, 
like, I don't know. I feel like this might almost be like, I almost like the idea more of using candle magic outside of, uh, like I like working with the moon, but also there's this idea with like full moon, moon magic manifestation that your goal should manifest by the next full moon. And a point that Madame Pamita makes is that, you know, candle magic can take, you know, months and months and months and months and months of burning the same candles. And you shouldn't just expect something to manifest from doing one spell, no matter how intense it is. Um, so I do yeah. feel like I like that idea more because some, you know, it you can't always manifest a spell, you know, overnight like that. Um, yeah. But again, like if you're working on manifesting using candle magic, you might want to say every, every new moon between the new moon and the full moon, you're, you're burning a candle for this. And then you don't work on it at all between the full moon and the new moon. When the moon is waning, you only work on it during the waxing moon. And that might be something, you know, to keep in mind when you're working candle magic, you might not work with the moon at all. That's totally fine. But if you're like really big into manifesting, you might be paying attention to the lunar cycle or also what sign is the moon in? Um, so you might be thinking, um, you know, is it a particular is, is and, and, correlating with astrology are you going to be working when the moon is in um cancer because you need to be working on something super emotional and the moon is connected with, with cancer and you're trying to do something you know to help yourself emotionally so that's something to look into as well when you're working with candles mm -hmm. exactly and it's not just that. with candle magic that's i mean again this is incorporating candle magic into maybe another magical practice that you already have Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can do manifestation work outside of just doing candle magic, but I know that's the main form of manifestation work that I use is candle magic in conjunction with, you know, new moon magic. So, yeah. And then the opposite of that is if you want to do like a banishing spell, you would start that close to the full moon and then work it until the new moon. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any specific practices that you do and you wanted to talk more about? Um, my only with my new, like with my moon magic, like, especially when I'm trying to like get rid of something, like if I just like something's not serving me anymore. Um, and I think we talked about this in an episode before, but that's when I'll do my candle magic for that. And again, I'll usually like burn a petition paper or something like that. Um, on the, usually like the last day or a couple of days before the, the new moon, um, to like finally banish it. And so, you know, that's, that's the time that I'll use. I don't necessarily do the cycle of the moon. I won't like work on something for two weeks straight, um, but I will take the, the current phase of the moon into consideration, depending on what kind of magic I need to practice. And then the other thing that I do, again, like I said, mm -hmm. I tend to use white candles for the new moon. Um, because that's a, a period of darkness. And then for the full moon, I'll use a black candle. Um, and because again, color magic is big on me. I'll also wear white for the, for the new moon and I'll wear black for the full moon. Um, yes, I do have particular outfits that I wear, <laughs> but um, so that's another way that I incorporate the moon magic and candle magic together. Um, but then there's also, like I said, ways to incorporate it into the solar calendar um, but also just the, the days of the week, um, you can, your, your candle magic can just reflect what day of the week that you're working on. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with it, um, each 
day of the week is associated with a planet and, you know, the god associated with that planet if you go to Roman or it's usually Roman or Norse deities that are associated with days of the week um, Mm -hmm. just because of the naming nomenclature because, you know, in English, you know, Thursday is Thor's day. So that's associated with Thor and Jupiter, and it's very strange. So, like, Monday is the moon, um, two is the moon, so, you know, Artemis. Um, I know there is a Norse, a male Norse uh, lunar god whose name I'm not remembering right now, but, yeah, it's associated with the moon and moon deities. And then um, Tuesday is associated with Mercury and... All of that, you know. Uh, Tuesday is Mars because Tuesday oh, is. <laughs> that's no, okay. Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, Tuesday is Mars. That's so associated with Aries and Mars and the Norse god Tyr. And then Wednesday is Odin's day. Um, and Odin is associated with Mercury, which is interesting. If you, yeah. some people have these theories about like. Norse, like the Nordic Nordic people coming from the Balkans and actually having a strong relationship to Nor to Greek gods, which is yeah interesting, but also maybe not archaeologically accurate. But yeah. yeah, it's also you know again like you were saying the nomenclature. You have Monday is Moon Day, but also like in Spanish lunes or lunadi in Italian, um, and then Tuesday is Martes, which is Mars. Wednesday is Mercoledì, that's Italian, uh, Miércoles in Spanish, um, which is Mercury. Mm-hmm. And so it just de- depending on whether it's a Germanic-based language like English or a Latin-based language um, depends also on kind of what deity is related. So like Thursday is Thursday or um, I can't think of it in Spanish. It's Jovedi in Italian, mm-hmm. um, which is Jove of Jupiter. Um, depending on your Greek mm-hmm. or Roman mythology. And then Friday, I think that's that's a big one for me because I'm a big Freya person. Uh, Fri- Friday is Freya's day or Frigg day. Um, or Venus. in, yeah, Venus in your Latin-based languages, um, Viernes. And then Saturday, uh, is, I associate with Saturn because, again, Saturn mm-hmm. has been a big part of my life for the last three years. Um I don't know the association in Latin-based languages. Sabado. Sabado, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does Sabado mean Saturn? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's one I haven't looked into. Again, I just, I associate it so much with Saturn um, and like time and Kronos. And um, Mm -hmm. so Saturn is my, my, if I'm working with a deity on, like, like if I'm working with Saturn, I try to work on Saturdays. Um, and then Sunday, like the sun, um, that's generally the the sun is, you know, if you're working with sun deities, it's going to be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so you can, you know, say you are trying to gain wisdom. So you burn this candle that you want to manifest wisdom on Wednesdays or say, you know, you want to burn it on you know, you're trying to get some really powerful energy in there. So you burn it on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, that sort of thing. Or yeah. you know, you're trying to manifest love. So you burn it on Friday. I also heard that um, 
if you want to try to banish something, I think um, Madame Pamita mentioned more than uh, more than one day, but Saturn is really associated with banishing. So you could burn it on a Saturday to try to banish something. So there are yes. ways to work that in. You could also, you know, do your candle magic. Like say you want a spell for new beginnings, you could do it on... Um, Ostara, which is the beginning of the pagan or astrological new year. And that's a great time to do a new beginning spell. Yeah, definitely. Um, so lunar magic, solar magic, days of the week, working with deities. Those are always all different types of magic to incorporate into your candle magic. Or if you already have those practices, it's a way to incorporate candle magic into those practices. Um, that's yeah. one of the great things about candle magic is it it really can be incorporated in everything that you're practicing and we've barely scratched the surface over two episodes yes and even like missa one thing you were saying that you know we split this into two episodes so we have a little bit of time to talk about it but meditation a really for- common form of candle spell magic is to kind of build up your cone of power after you've lit the candle through meditation and meditate while staring into the flame of the candle like that's another form of magic or spell work that you can incorporate into candle magic yeah absolutely and that's again when I was first starting out one of the ways that I would just I would just like I wouldn't even use a petition paper I would just light the candle and sit there and stare at the candle stare at the flame and like set my intention and that was the way that I practiced candle magic at that time Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it can be that simple. I mean, Madam Pamita makes it sound like you absolutely need to have a petition paper or why are you doing candle magic? But I have done some spells without a petition paper. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like just energetically putting your intention out there is just as strong as writing that down. So, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, so again, we've we've only kind of just barely scratched the surface. There's a lot more to talk about with candle magic. Um, we recommend starting small, um, like we recommend with anything. Don't go spend three hundred dollars on candles and herbs and oils and do this whole big ritual and burn down your house. Um, start small. Get tea lights. Get white candles. Um, maybe carve one word into it. Start small. Build your way up. Um, and then let us know how it goes. We love hearing from you. Um, if you have questions, those do take us longer to get to just because it does take energy for us to answer those questions. And we both work really hard and we've got a lot going on in our personal lives. Um, but we love seeing when you guys or you all are just like listening to the podcast or doing some work that the podcast has inspired. We love, love, love seeing those. So tag us in those, send us those, um, those pictures of your candle magic. Um, if you're comfortable sharing that on, on social media, if you're not, we totally understand. Yeah, no, I do also want to say that it is, it does. There is a taboo against sending photos or telling people about a spell that has not come to fruition yet. So I just want to let all y'all baby witches know, cause that's something that you usually have to learn. So you know, if you don't care about that, that's fine. But I do just want to let you guys know, if you weren't aware of that, be aware that maybe some people consider it to be a bad idea to send someone, you know, a photo of your candle magic spell and then yes. 
spell hasn't come to fruition yet. So yeah, yeah. that's definitely. Um, I think the 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 idea behind that is that you're looking at the candle and you're setting your intention. But when you allow other people to also look at the candle, they're able to put their own intentions and their own energy into the candle. So do keep that in mind. If that's not something that you are concerned about that's when I would like you to share it with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Or, or if say, it comes to fruition. Yeah. Say it works then share away. Um, but yeah. So if you want to email us, we are, you can email us at uh, babywitchpod at gmail.com. And then you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. But I think this episode's coming out in February. Um, we are, we did have two episodes kind of right in a row just because we had to split this one up into two episodes. Um, But we are going to be going back to monthly episodes for a while, just while our personal lives kind of even out. Um, But that being said, because we had this kind of bonus episode, um, there should be another one coming out in February. And then, um, so I can't promise that it's two weeks, but we will talk to you on the next Magical Monday. Bye.